I'm John Kovach. I've been a newsman, a sports announcer, and a football coach, but the one constant since I was old enough to stand next to a stream with my dad has been fishing. I've waded rapids, stood on slick rocks, hacked through ice, and been tossed about the deck of a boat. And I want you to love fishing as much as I do and join me on this journey. Welcome to Yankee Fisherman, presented by The Dock Shop. Welcome to Yankee Fisherman this Thursday, July 27th. We had to change up a little bit. I said at the end of last week's show we were going to go kind of with the Shark Week theme and we can still do that, just won't be during Shark Week, which fortunately they're doing maybe a little bit more reality-based shark shows than the uh, faux documentaries that have become the norm for it. But news came out in between last week's show and, and today that hearings have been scheduled on some proposed new fishing regulations for the state of Connecticut. Included in that are the long-discussed trout stamp and salmon stamp. The trout stamp will cost $5. The salmon stamp will cost $10. You can buy a combo for 12 And it's uh, not resident or non-resident. The DEEP estimates that this would generate at least $300,000 in additional revenue, and this would go directly to fisheries expenses. This cannot go to the general fund. And I talked to Bill Hyatt from the Bureau of Natural Resources last night. Uh, He was kind enough to visit us at the Connecticut TU Council meeting, which was held at Legends, and thanks to Sal and Aaron up there for hosting us for the quarterly meeting right there on the banks of the Farmington. But in talking to Bill, he said there has already been some feedback, and a lot of it negative, about the trout stamp. A lot of the angling groups support it. A lot of anglers support it. Those who are opposed are saying this is just more money that the state is taking off fishermen to put in the general fund. That's not the case, and I was wrong. I have said that in the past. I have been educated as to where it goes and what federal law allows. So back in January, Bill Hyatt and Peter Aristad visited the Connecticut Council of TU, and they explained the finances of fishing and licenses and where your license money goes. And we're going to revisit that because it's so important to be versed in this with this hearing coming up on the new regulations, including the trout stamp and the salmon stamp, on August 9th. So let's take a look back at that presentation. Um, the first, the, the, the first, <coughs> first slide in your handouts talks about the expenditures that we make within the Bureau of Natural Resources and identifies them by division. And as Pete mentioned, um, Two of these divisions, inland fisheries and marine fisheries, have just recently, like within the weeks, the last couple of weeks, been merged. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But as you, as you can see, um, overall we spend about $24 million per year on natural resource programs in the state of Connecticut. Um, that includes, you'll see right underneath the title slide, that includes not only the monies that we spend within DEP, but it also includes about $7 million in fringe benefit costs for our state employees that are actually not in our budget but are in the comptroller's budget. But if you include those in, because it's a real cost to the state, 
$24 million per year is our overall budget level. So we just looked at, at what we spend and how it's divided out amongst the various divisions. Now what this slide shows is where that money comes from, uh, currently comes from. And, and you'll notice that in the upper right-hand corner, there's two pieces of that pie that are sort of exploded out of it slightly. And uh, they're entitled, uh, they're titled uh, general, general Fund, that's what GF stands for, Appropriation for Fringe Costs, and then additional general fund appropriation, 9%. Those, that exploded piece of the pie represents the amount of money above and beyond our revenue that we take from the general fund. And I'll go into that in a little bit greater detail. But that, in essence, those, that piece of the pie is support that the state puts towards natural resource programs that doesn't come from any of our sources of revenue and is in fact above and beyond all of the money that sportsmen uh, put into the system, contribute to the system. So now let's look at the rest of that pie chart. Uh, you look at the bottom part and it says sportsmen's licenses, 29%. That's the total amount of money that anglers and hunters spend on licenses, permits, stamps, fees that are collected in any given year. And that accounts for, if you compare it to what we spend, about 29, 30% of our total budget. Look to the left a little further and you'll see federal wildlife restoration. That's wildlife restoration monies coming from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service through a, a grants to a trust fund. Above that is sport fish restoration money. That's a sister program, sport fish restoration, same thing. It's money that comes from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service through a, a trust fund. Combined, um, that represents roughly another 30% of our overall budget. Now that trust fund is monies that ultimately come from anglers and hunters. It's monies that each of you, when you purchase a piece of equipment, pay a excise tax on, called a Pittman-Robertson tax if it's a piece of hunting equipment, or a, a Wallabro or DJ tax if it's a piece of fishing equipment. And that money goes into and is collected by the federal government, put into a trust fund, it's an off-budget item, and it's available and proportionately out to the states for fish and wildlife restoration. And it's, it's, it's available to the states proportional to the number of sportsmen in that state, their land area, et cetera. There's a formula that actually determines it. So if you look at those three pieces of the pie, the blue one, sportsmen's licenses, the orange one, federal wildlife restoration, and the gray one, federal sport fish restoration, that amounts to the total amount of funds that anglers and hunters in Connecticut contribute towards their sport each year. And it's all, you'll notice it's only a piece of the pie. Roughly it's in the neighborhood of uh, 60% when it's all, all taken in total. Um, and there's some detail I'll get into in a bit as well. Uh, but before I do, you'll see there's a lot of other smaller slices of that pie. <coughs> Federal, state, wildlife grants, forest service grants, National Marine Fishery Service. Those represent other sources of revenue, not from sportsmen, but other sources of revenue that's applied towards our, towards our budget. Um, 
So key points from this graph are that there is a chunk, roughly around 30% of our budget that's, that, that is covered by the general taxpayer um, and, is, and is above and be, well above and beyond what, what sportsmen contribute. And that's one of the, the, the things that we hear over and over again when we go to meetings is that the general fund is skimming money that sportsmen are spending off the top, that sportsmen dollars are going towards who knows what, um, that the sportsmen are getting ripped off continually, and it's just simply not true. Um, and we've tried through our Angles Guide and other venues to get this information out to folks, and, and, and it's, it's going to be an uphill battle, and I think, I think we'll be... Long, long after Pete and my careers are over, we'll, there'll still be lots of anglers and hunters who feel that, that their money is being used elsewhere, when it's simply not the case. Um, and I'll mention one more thing before we move, two more things before we move off this slide. There is legislation in place at the federal level and at the state level. It's a law called our assent language, and it, it's, a, it's a requirement of the federal government that each state, in order to qualify for accepting federal sport fish and wildlife restoration funds, each state has to have a law on the books that guarantees that all of the revenue from hunters and anglers, that sportsmen contribute to licenses, et cetera, comes back to the programs, um, that's to the natural resource programs of the state. So not only is it a fact in terms of how the, the, the money is spent, it's a requirement as per both federal and state law. So anglers and hunters can, feel, can and should feel very secure that their money is being used for the intent, its intended purpose. Uh, this 29% basically for licenses and permits? Yep. And as you know, they've been trying to close the hatcheries now. Every yep. two years it comes up. Mm -hmm. Last year it was all the hatcheries that they wanted to close. Yep. My opinion, Okay, and basically this is shared with many of the sportsmen that I know, and actually even some of the teachers, is that if they do close the hatcheries, okay, um, and there are no longer stocking trout in the state of Connecticut, there, people will not buy fishing licenses to catch bass or perch or sunfish, okay? So a lot of this 29% will go away if they close the hatcheries. You're That's my only correct. comment. You're absolutely correct. Okay. Um, and, and, but you do raise a good point that I didn't make. Some people, sportsmen, uh, one of the other um, questions that people typically have is if, if, if sportsmen are contributing so much money, how can they cut us year after year? It's that little exploded piece of the chart. As long as there's a net tax or, or there is a taxpayer contribution to our operations, then we are, in fact, vulnerable just like any other agency. To, uh, to being having our budget cut sure. in that process. Sure. If that pie didn't exist, we wouldn't, we wouldn't uh, be so vulnerable. I want to thank Bill for taking us this far. We're going to step out for a minute. When we come back, we'll get to the specifics of where your license money goes and how fishing is funded in Connecticut here on Yankee Fisherman, presented by the Dock Shop. School's out, the weather is hot, and the fish are biting. Whether you're heading to the beach or out on a boat, stop in at the dock shop before you go to fill your beach bag or tackle box with everything you'll need for fun in the sun. A new beach cover-up, some sunscreen, or just some bait, the dock shop has you covered from either location. 51 Tokenique Road, Darien, 609 Riverside Avenue, Westport. And yes, you heard that right. 
bait is now available in Darien and Westport. The Dock Shop, 51 Tokenique Road, Darien, 609 Riverside Avenue, Westport, dockshop.com. A Better View Window Cleaning Plus has been cleaning glass all over Connecticut for over 20 years. They also specialize in cleaning chandeliers, mirrors, skylights, tiles, and will power wash anything that needs cleaning. They hold an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and are fully insured and bonded. When you deal with a Better View, you're dealing with the best, not the rest. Call today for a free estimate, 203-284-8836, or visit them online, abetterviewcleaning.com. Want a new experience in car buying? No aggravation, no confrontation, just answers to all your questions. Scap Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, car buying the way you want it to be. With one of the largest selections of new two- and four-door Jeep Wranglers available, we are Connecticut's Wrangler headquarters. Located in Fairfield, Connecticut, we're easy to get to. Just two and a half miles off the Merritt Parkway, exit 44 via Route 58 South. Save thousands right now at the Summer Clearance Event. Going on now through July 31st. Celebrate summer with fresh made-to-order picnic boxes from Walter Stewart's Market. We have delicious summery selections from buttermilk fried chicken to grilled lemon chicken kebab, grilled shrimp Caesar salad wraps, or lobster salad rolls. Our easy-to-carry picnic boxes come with your choice of a meal, as well as a dessert, beverage, and utensils. Order online for simple pickup options. Walter Stewart's Market, 229 Elm Street, New Canaan, and online at stewartsmarket.com. If you've ever thought about owning a motor coach or learning about what it's like to travel the open road in superior style and comfort, then contact Dave's RV Center in Danbury, Connecticut. Offering the best quality Class A motorhomes from Newmar, travel trailers and fifth wheel lines from Surveyor, and a toy hauler line from Work and Play. Choose from Newmar's Gas Line, Base Star, and Canyon Star, or from Newmar's Diesel Line, Ventana, and Dutch Star. And with unparalleled service and maintenance, Dave's RV is committed to keeping you and your motor coach safely on the road and enjoying it to the fullest. Stop by their showroom, 2 Industrial Plaza Road, Danbury, Connecticut, or call 877-483-3866. Welcome back to Yankee Fisherman, presented by The Dock Shop. So, if you're just joining us, we are reviewing a January presentation by officials from the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection about how fishing is funded here in Connecticut and where your license money goes. And this is important because there is a hearing coming up August 9th on new regulations, including the trout and salmon stamp that have been proposed. Again, it's $5 for the trout stamp, 10 for the salmon stamp, 12 for the combination, all of that money, and they estimate it will raise $300,000, will go toward fishing. And it hopefully will alleviate the biennial scares that a hatchery is going to be closed or that there will be other cuts. We have to see where that goes. So it's important to be willing to do I don't want to pay five extra bucks, 12 extra bucks, but I'm willing to do it to keep angling going, keep the opportunities there. So let's resume with Bill Hyatt and Peter Aristed. This is in January before the Connecticut Council of Trout Unlimited. Uh, general fund. We've touched on this already. Um, all of our sportsman licenses, permits, and sales go into the general fund. We get all of that money back. That's the blue portion of this graph. And then the two exploded portions are the portions that we've talked about previously where um, they're above and beyond what sportsmen put into the general fund, but what comes to support BNR programs. The bottom line out of, out of this, this graph is that roughly 
what we're getting out, sport, what we're getting from the general fund is roughly 50% sportsman support. So, so this is the age distribution of our licensed anglers in 2015. I've seen 2016 chart, it looks the same, maybe a little bit more so. You'll note that there's an awful lot of people that are north of age 65 that are, that are fishing, that, that currently get a free license. But more importantly, you'll notice a massive amount of people, really the bulk, the largest bulk of people is in that you know, 50, 55, approaching 60 age group. Um, and that's a concern. It's a concern for a variety of reasons. As, as this, as you look 10, 5, 10, 15 years down in the future relative to, to what's going to sustain our support. And it is this chart, and it, it, Pete and myself and others looking at this chart, that has, has really driven home the need for us to invest in, and it's been mentioned around here, invest in trying to recruit, retain, and, and, and reactivate anglers, it's called R3, uh, throughout the system to get as many people at all different ages, particularly young people, particularly groups that haven't been, um, or may not be as well represented amongst the angling community, such as inner city folks, Hispanics, etc. get as many of these groups as possible out on the water and fishing. And, and, and we have a number of reasons for wanting to do so. Anglers and hunters, through this purchase of licenses through the purchase of fishing tackle are really, the, are really the driving force in supporting conservation, whether it's cold water fish conservation or wildlife uh, conservation or forestry programs. They're the primary people that have a con connection with the resource and support that resource with their, uh, with their contributions. They're also the people that provide in numbers the political force that's, uh, and, uh, pub and sway public opinion to the extent necessary to uh, um, to maintain and conserve those resources. So those two reasons, plus they do provide the dollars that enable us to um, to operate and to do the work that, that the conservation work and recreation related work that they would like to see us do. So for those those reasons, um, Pete and I, are, and, and, and certainly Pete's got a lot of his staff working on it much harder than we are um, at, at trying to, to develop effective uh, our three programs to get more young folks into in amongst the angling community. Um, so, and I think that's going to be critical to our future going forward. And, and quite frankly, it's, it, it's something that we, as a as a state agency, are invested in. It's something that we need to do. Um, but it really is a job for more than just us. It, it is a job for Trout Unlimited as well. It is a job for the Connecticut Bass Federation Nation. It is, is a job for any organization that has an interest in, in conservation and outdoor recreation. Can you just give us an idea while we're still on this last slide of the revenue losses you would expect once this bulge here in your in your distribution chart moves across the navy oh, blue line? I can answer that. That's when I'm old up. enough to finally get a free license, it's gonna map the paper. That's what's going to happen. That's why it's only an annual thing. Maybe I shouldn't have let him in. <laughs> no, the, the truth is, I mean, we're we're looking at, yeah, I mean, we're looking realistically at a, um, you know, 25, 30 percent reduction in participation and revenue. And I, I am very sincere that what concerns me most about that is participation. Uh, revenue is important too. They're both important parts of the of of of, of the of the solution. They're both important parts of the equation, but participation is, is what's most concerning.
And I, and I think we're clearly looking at dropping another 20-30%. The number of inland licensed anglers that we have right now is around 150,000, maybe slightly less than that. We were at our peak in 1992-93, we were around 225 to 230,000. So that's how far we've dropped off since. Um, and, and, and so we're looking at significant there was a drop off when the fishing licenses were doubled. You'll recall that that doubling was pulled back and it was closer to a percent increase when it came out. But every license increase that we make, there is a drop-off. But if the license fee increase is relatively modest and appropriate, within a year or two it bounces back. So yeah, license fee increases we've got to be very careful with because they do have an impact on participation. And, and, and you can, where you can look no further than, than wildlife and hunting to see that. Right now, hunting in this state, it's not the license cost, but if you look at the permits, the tags, the stamps, the fees, and the other requirements to, to be an active hunter um, in Connecticut, they're high enough so that that, that elasticity is gone. All the, all the casual hunters, most of them, have departed the sport, and you're left with the core. And that core is a lot smaller at, at 40, 45,000 hunters today than the 120, 130,000 hunters that we had 20 years ago. Bill, where does the trout scheme stand? Trout stamp stands in, in regulation form, and Pete can probably address that a little better than I can. We hope to get that out the door to the Office of Policy and Management with, uh, within the next two weeks or so. Uh, so we've vetted this with the uh, Fisheries Advisory Council at the last two meetings. The organization meets quarterly. I'm, I'm sure you've heard reports from Alicia about what, what occurs there. So we floated some ideas at the September meeting, made some adjustments going into the December meeting. Uh, and I can maybe recall a couple of those things we were thinking about. Originally, we came in with just a combined salmonid stamp. We got a lot of uh, feedback in September that, no, you should you should have a separate trout stamp and a salmon stamp. So, oddly enough, the, the salmon stamp would apply to our broodstock salmon in, or fishing them in the lakes where they occur, as well as the two sections on the Naugatuck River, one section and the, the Chetucket River, and, and water downstream where you can legally fish in the season. So, all trout and kokanee salmon would, even though they're a salmon, would be considered uh, under the trout stamp option. Uh, we brought that, that back to the December meeting. There was some discussion about the price points on that. We had had a difference or a differential between a, a non-resident uh, trout stamp fee or Salmana stamp fee and a non-resident one. Uh, what we got or heard pretty loudly and clearly was why don't you just since non-residents non currently pay so much more for a fishing license, maybe the stamp proposal, you should just equalize it. 
We also came in with the understanding, or at least preference, from those of us internally in the, in the agency that vetted it. We, we have, and I didn't bring any of this tonight, but we have, we have pricing data from all the other northeastern states. Uh, so we know, we know what they charge. Uh, you know, New Hampshire, we always thought, was a place you could get, do a lot of things cheaply. They're actually the highest in the Northeast right now. They had a major increase recently. Most of the northern states don't have salmonid or trout stamps. It's, it's typically states at our latitude and south. So Rhode Island has a stamp option. Pennsylvania does. I think New Jersey does. And then every state south of there. Uh, the Northeast region, the way we're organized, runs from Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, and up here. <coughs> and Pennsylvania, New York, doesn't go west to Ohio or you know some of these other states. So that's the that's the universe we're looking at. So we wanted to maintain the price for the a resident annual fi fishing license. And stamp so that it would not exceed forty dollars. So yeah, I heard that it was twelve bucks yeah. for both. Twelve bucks for both. I thought it was five, ten, twelve for both. Yeah, but we were looking at a uh, five for trout, ten for salmon, twelve for both. The salmon was ten, but then there was a discount if you buy like the combo for both of them. Okay. So I think no, it's five, it was five ten. Well, the combo was twelve. That's okay. what we figured it out. So that, that's the proposal on, on, on the floor now. So as far as the regs process goes, and I'm sure there's people in the room I've talked to before and talked about other regs that are in the same package. Uh, every time I have a conversation with folks about when are the regs going to take effect, I, I, I should learn better and never promise anything because it always takes longer than we think. Right. So the Mill River uh, reg change is going to be in the same package with the trout stamp and in several other things. The, the point being is any, anything that's adopted through this, will, our, our preference and understanding is, is that it would take effect for 2018. It's not going to happen further. I thought some of these other regs would, would get rolled out quicker, but it didn't happen. And then when there was you know, consideration of moving forward with the trout stamp, it's like, okay, Let's not do these separately because it's increased administrative time. We have to hold hearings, they're usually at night. We just said, we're going to hold up some of the other regulations and then get the trout stamp piece rolled into it. So it's going to move forward. They'll be heavily notified, or I mean advertised, and I'm sure no one in this room would have a problem knowing when the hearing is going to be held. And you can provide oral comment on it in favor you can, you know, in opposition, whatever you want to do, and there'll be an opportunity for written comment, like there always is with any of our regulations. And I, I really want to stress, because you're going to hear a lot of people grumbling about this, is if when, once this comes out, it's said and done. Encourage people to send letters, give sure. their constructive opinion of what they think should, should happen, um, and, and be able to provide that input to DEP because that's what they're seeking during this public right. well, I, that, portion of the process. So uh, I, again, I, I apologize for not bringing the handout because there's some other little nitty gritty details. Uh, to, to, to actually harvest and retain a, a trout or salmon anywhere in the state where you otherwise need a license, public waters, not your club pond or anything like that, you, you would need the stamp. 
But then in special management areas under our proposal, even if you're catch and release fishing, which I know many of you do exclusively or a lot, the, our proposal would require the stamp on those special management waters also. Trout parks, trout management lakes, uh, TMAs, and even wild, TMA, wild trout management areas, many of which we don't stock at all. So that's what the proposal is. And uh, once that is publicly available, we'll make sure that it is. So again, so what we what we kicked around at FAC. 65 plus, do we pay the fee? Or is it, you have a free marine license, you have a free tax. Very similar to, to hunting, um, you know, you, you, if over 65, you get the license free, but you still have to pay your stamps and tags and stuff like that. So yeah, you would need a, you would need yeah. a stamp. That would be the, anyone, any, anyone required to hold a license would, in essence, have to get the stamp under our proposal. So the only the only discount would be for the six, sixteen and no sixteen and seventeen year olds who are all trying to recruit and get active in fishing. This this is this goes back a few years, where and it and uh, it was great that the legislature was able to to pull this off when they and I forget the public act number at this point, but when uh, all hunting and fishing fees. Uh, there was a hunting wrinkle, but let's say fishing fees were cut in half. So that would be the same thing for any stamp. That's that's already on the books. So it would be 50% of the regular normal cost for 16 and 17 year olds. So that, that reduction happened in 2013, I believe. By 2015, we had the reduced fees in place. Uh, or two, I might be off by a year, but uh, bottom line is we saw a doubling in the number of 16 and 17 year olds with life, <coughs> uh, uh, presumably as a result of those fees being half. So that's a, a very, we, very... Right, so the way we sold this is, you know, where are you an adult when you're 16? Only maybe in other states too, but in the state of Connecticut, you're going to have to buy your fishing license, your hunting license, and it's full price. You know, you can't buy alcohol, you can't buy cigarettes, you can't join the military uh, at those ages. So it's like, why would you pay full price? So it, it, it went through and that, that was great. So it was part of the recruitment, uh, actually retention tool, part of the three R's that Bill had mentioned. We'll be back with more Yankee Fishermen presented by the Dock Shop right after this. School's out, the weather is hot and the fish are biting. Whether you're heading to the beach or out on a boat, stop in at the dock shop before you go to fill your beach bag or tackle box with everything you'll need for fun in the sun. A new beach cover-up, some sunscreen, or just some bait, the dock shop has you covered from either location. 51 Tokenique Road, Darien, 609 Riverside Avenue, Westport. And yes, you heard that right. Bait is now available in Darien and Westport. The dock shop, 51 Tokenique Road, Darien, 609 Riverside Avenue, Westport, DocShop.com. Now teeing off, Paul Miller from Miller Nissan in Fairfield. Excuse me, Mr. Miller. What about my new Sentra? Right now, lease a 2017 Sentra S for only $97 a month. He is never going to retire. 
At InSports Trumbull, the game is always on inside. Registration is now open for our fitness training programs for high school athletes. The InSports Performance Center is offering blast speed classes, athletic functional movement assessments, and both men's and women's elite speed and strength training. Our premier programs help bring athletes to the next level. Call 203-268-1214 for more information. Like and follow us on Facebook. Want a new experience in car buying? Skip Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram with one of the largest inventories of new two- and four-door Wranglers. We are Connecticut's Wrangler headquarters. Come visit our new Ram Truck Center. Browse our websites, skipchryslerjeep.com or skipdodge.net to find the new Jeep, Chrysler Dodge car, minivan, or Ram truck you've been looking for. Just two miles from both I-95 or the Merritt Parkway exit 44. Save thousands right now at the Summer Clearance Event. Going on now through July 31st. At Pure Bar Ridgefield, our tried-and-true method can shape every body and fit any schedule. Pure Bar is a total body workout using the ballet bar to perform small, isometric movements, which burn fat, sculpt muscles, and create long, lean physiques. Sweat away the day and get lost in the music. Pure Bar Ridgefield, located at 86 Danbury Road. Like us on Facebook at Pure Bar Ridgefield. I'm Tracy Masella, a licensed clinical social worker at Silver Hill Hospital in New Canaan. Join me each month as we talk with experts on the front lines of the treatment of mental health and addiction. Straight Talk with Tracy, a Silver Hill Hospital production, airs at 12 p.m. on the second Thursday of each month here on the HAN Network. I want to thank the folks from the DEEP for their help with this. Now, we'll continue to talk about the new regulations next week, getting ready for that August 9th. Hearing, We're scheduled to have Peter Arstead to talk about these new regulations, which include some changes in classifications in water, including the extension of the wild trout management area on the Mill River, uh, some carp regulations, uh, defining tankara as fly fishing, and a number of other things. Uh, So we'll be doing that next week. If you're a regular watcher, You will remember we did the interview about A Speck in the Sea with Johnny Aldrich and Anthony Sosinski a few weeks ago. I wrote a story out of that interview, which is on the cover of our Arts and Leisure section this week. So you can pick that up, and thanks to uh, Weinstein Movies for those photos. Um, See where that goes, because they are working on a movie there, and I want to thank them for their help. We will be back next week. Again, to talk about regulations, we'll have some footage from fishing and uh, who knows what else. Till next week, tight lines.